It is a glorious day in Ottawa. I was out this morning and people are walking their dogs. Strangers are saying hi to each other instead of spitting on each other like they usually do. It's going to reach 16 degrees Celsius today, all right? 16 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit is 61. Seven days from today, the Senators will be playing in their own building against the Habs in game three of round one. Uh, 16, 61, 7. I am woke as hell right now. You have enlightened me. <laughs> this is the, the Chet Sellers, Luke Peristian. An Illuminati podcast. <laughs> you dyed it in red. Remember Todd White. Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you asked. It's the Chet and Luke podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Arvidsson of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast, our playoff preview special. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who loves the red, white, and blue team from Montreal. So if you see him wearing his Expos hat, you should say hi. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. How you doing, man? I am on cloud uh, bacolic right now. How <laughs> how did you celebrate the Senators making the playoffs yesterday afternoon? It's all kind of a blur from about 3 p.m. onward, because <laughs> I'll be honest, you know, there's a difference between believing and expecting something to happen. In the back of my mind, I was always kind of like, this can't happen, right? Yeah, I think a lot of us were like that, right? And even though it was sort of, you know, the Senators were marching toward a playoff spot over the last two months of the year by winning basically every game they played, there was still that feeling that, you know, well, they're not really going to do it, right? Yeah, I I think it wasn't until there was 30 seconds left with Ottawa up by two goals, needing only a tie, where I was kind of like, okay, I think it might be safe to celebrate now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you how I celebrated, which was in kind of the um, typical Ottawa fashion, which is that by 8 o'clock, I was uh, so full of white wine and emotional exhaustion that I fell asleep <laughs> on the couch. And I was only awakened probably around midnight by a DM from you saying, red alert, all hands on deck, battle stations, we're playing the Habs. And, and so I woke up to that news, and within 20 minutes, I was on Twitter posting pictures of Michelle Terrian with his head in his hands <laughs> and i think we talked on the very first podcast we ever did which was um a little more than a year ago about how there's something about playing the habs that just seems to bring out the troll instinct in all of us and i had sort of thought that you know okay two years on from the last playoff series with the habs maybe i would have gotten a lot of that out of my system maybe i would have matured turns nope. out it's not true not <laughs> it's not even true. remotely true <laughs> Is is there any way for this series to be a disappointment at this point? It's really all on the Habs not to blow it. Like, it is the ideal matchup for Ottawa because, one, I don't think Montreal is as good as their record is. I think they're as good as Carey Price is, which, against Ottawa, is not always that great. So I'd much rather face Montreal than Tampa, that's for sure. But also, we always talked about with the Leafs how even if you beat the Leafs in the regular season, it didn't matter if you couldn't beat them in the playoffs. The Habs, at least so far, can't beat the Senators in the playoffs. And it's all on them to prove that they are, in fact, the better team. And in a way, 
I would argue that the playoff series two years ago against the Habs was like the high point of the Senators franchise. You know, with all due respect to the team that made the cup in 2006, 2007, because it's the first time that they were the team that wasn't at a loss. Their success in the playoffs over the last 20 years has basically been they're usually the most skilled team on the ice. And the only question is, do they have enough skill to win or are they going to dummy themselves because they get suckered into playing somebody else's game? They basically lose to a team with less talent because there's just something about playoff hockey that they, they can't really get their heads around. That script was completely flipped against the Habs two years ago, right? Because the Habs were the more talented team. The Habs had the better record, but the Senators were just never at a loss. Like They were always able to get the Habs to play the Senators game. They were able to basically push them around. And That's right. Last time the swirly was on the other nerdy head. <laughs> and I think the pressure is going to be on the Habs to not let the Senators kind of sucker them again. But from the Senators perspective like you're playing with house money right like you've gone on this miracle run to make the playoffs you've got nothing with house money we have an entire house built out of money at this point are you kidding me (laughs) it's like you took one red paper clip and traded it into a playoff series the ottawa senators don't need a miracle as badly as they did just to get in you know playing well will suffice from this point going forward rather than playing absolutely lights out only losing four games in regulation over two months I mean, you're absolutely right that making the playoffs the way they did was probably harder than anything that they could run up against, at least in the next little while in the playoffs. You know, you can say, OK, well, it's it's a very tall task to win playoff round or two playoff rounds when you look at it all at once. But you don't have to do that. Right. And I think if you'd said to the Senators two months ago, you have to win 23 of your next 25 games to make the playoffs. You, you know, everybody would say, well, that's impossible. But, you know, I hate to sound cliched, but you take it one game at a time, right? And when you win one game... Oh, that's you, good. You should write that down. Oh, I know. You win one game, and then you try to win the next game. And if you do that, you try to win the next game. And all of a sudden, you wake up, and you're like, wow, we won 23 games in a row. And Andrew Hammond is actually really good. Yeah, it's like Ottawa goes 23-4-4, four and four, and then has to beat the Habs four out of seven games. And you go, oh, beating the Habs four out of seven games is absolutely the easy part of that scenario. The degree of difficulty for the Ottawa Senators has just been ratcheted down significantly significantly we're already in montreal's head right oh yeah Um, for sure and it's just going to be the little things to needle them that's going to get them to lose their cool and you know we're going to be right back where we were two years ago the little things that needle them also known as jean gabriel peugeot There's no pressure on the senators whatsoever, right? And I mean, you can already you can already tell by the way they're they're talking to the media. Like they're loose, they're ready to go, they're very excited to do this. And I mean, it's all going to be on the Habs not to fall apart the way they did two years ago. And even if even if they manage to win this series, well, then we're tied, right? So we'll see you next time. It's uh, there's really no there's really no losing this if you're the senators. Well, look, I mean, that's one way of looking at the narrative, but I think that's an easy narrative and kind of is misleading because, you know, the last time Ottawa played Montreal, here's a list of players you might have heard of from two years ago. Uh, Daniel Alfredson, Sergei Gonchar, Jakob Silferberg, Corey Conacher, Andre Benoit, Guillaume Latondres, Matt Cassian, 
Jason Spezza. Spezza didn't play because he was hurt, as Spezza was back in his day. But you know, th- those are players who played a major role the last time who are just gone now. In a way, it's kind of the same team, but you're right. There has been a lot of turnover. And I think we were talking last time or, or, or two podcasts ago about how it's entirely possible that all five players from that line brawl will not be on the ice for this playoff series, right? That being Phillips, Cowan, Smith, Neal, and who was the other guy? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Cassian. I'm sorry. I, I can't, oh, there we go. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot Matt yeah, Cassian, Matt who Cassian, started a playoff game. had two game. power play points Matt last Cassian, season. who started five playoff games and I think had two points or something like that. Like he had Hell, two. Even, even guys like Colin Greening, Chris Neal, Chris Phillips, and Jared Cowan who had huge roles last time, and they might not see a second of ice time. And it's funny, right? Because going into the season, a lot of people were saying, well, I mean, they're paying all this money to Phillips, Neal, Smith, and Greening, and... That's not really good news for a team that's trying to make the playoffs. It's like, oh, no, they made the playoffs and they're still paying all those guys their money. It's just that none of them are going to be playing in this series. The last Habs series, it's easy to look back on that as the last gasp of the old guard. And it was kind of the last straight thing that, you know, a lot of like the team's old leadership did before they rode off into the sunset Detroit or Dallas delete as appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel bad for Spezza in a way, right? Because he, when they made the playoffs two years ago, Spezza basically missed the entire year. He came back last year. He was completely healthy. They didn't make the playoffs. He asks out, he goes to Dallas. And then without Spezza, they make the playoffs again to play the Habs a second time. In his Dallas home with his 3.9% income tax rate. <laughs> he's Actually, probably, zero. He's probably doing Dallas. okay. <laughs> he's probably enjoying brisket and, and low state sales tax, right? So I'm sure he's, I'm sure he'll survive. I mean, there are so many storylines that are going to come up over the next couple weeks, right? And I don't think we have to flush them all out now, but I do think we should mention them so that, you know, we get credit for coming up with them first. I mean, the biggest one that I can think of off the top of my head is that finally, you know, and with, you know, wondering if there's going to happen or not finally we can officially open sends mile oh yeah exa- rick chiarelli eat your heart out the curse is reversed uh you really got away with one there and wow good for you though <clears throat> it's open now it's official so that's a good thing bobby ryan will find out what the weather in ottawa is like in may for the first time he's not flying out to his private <laughs> farm in idaho he's from- not yeah he's not flying out to idaho or wyoming or wherever he lives in may so he can stay he can enjoy the warm weather the tulip festival who knows maybe he hangs around for hope volleyball and you see him and Mathot with their shirts off at the beach Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Uh, One of the things I was wondering, though, and this is kind of a more serious question, is round one, Hammond comes out, let's say he's shaky. When do the Senators go to Craig Anderson? Or do they just ride Hammond uh, all the way to the end and see what happens? You've kind of hit on something there, which is that this series really can be billed as the best goaltender in hockey versus Carey Price. (laughs) I'm not sure why you'd want to give up on Hammond after everything we've been through together, you know? Like, you dance with the girl that brung you, and boy, did Andrew Hammond ever bring us. So, look, I I think that's right, but at the same time, you know, I mean, Hammond has his shaky moments, right? Yeah, who could forget that time he once lost in a shootout? (laughs) Andrew Hammond... Noted shaky goaltender. I'm I'm just saying, I do think that if he doesn't have a great game one, game two, people a lot of people are going to remember what Craig Anderson did against the Habs two years ago. And I'm not saying that means you take Hammond out, but you know, at some point Dave Cameron is going to say, look, we have to win these games and, and who gives us the best chance to do it. And as great as Hammond's been, I mean, did you ever see True Grit? 
Do you, yes. ever see the, do you ever see the scene in True Grit where the, the girl's been bitten by the rattlesnake and he's got to get her to the doctor and they ride the horse all night and the horse eventually dies from exhaustion and they shoot it? Uh, that, <laughs> That's Andrew Hammond. <laughs> that might be Andrew Hammond, right? Andrew Hammond, whether he has a great playoffs or not, is going to go down in history as a senator's hero. But the playoffs can make all kinds of strange heroes. Somebody's going to step up in the next two weeks. It may be Hammond. It may not be Hammond, right? We could be talking in two weeks about what what a fabulous playoff new Jason Spezza, uh, Alex Chason has had, right? Like, it's possible. He could have a fantastic series against the Habs. And that's what I'm so excited about is, is I know we're going to beat the Habs. The only question is, which unlikely senator is going to be the guy that twists the knife? You're excited to accept a new hero into our midst and then give him a contract that's way too long. <laughs> also known as doing the Colin Greening. Well, there is that. But I mean, Conacher had a great series against the Habs and the next year they waved him, right? So that could be Shisson. Dare to dream, Zenzmans. One of the other big storylines, obviously, and, and I think this is even more important than the, the goaltending question, is going to be who grows the best first round playoff beard? That's a question with an obvious answer. Okay. Because it's Eric Greiba. Because <laughs> that man's got a face like a bearskin rug. Well, in a way, I almost feel like to make it fair, Griba needs to shave before that, the That the is true. I, I think that's, I think everyone needs to start off on the same uh, very smooth foot. I'm also really looking forward to Chris Phillips's solidarity playoff beard, which I would assume he's going to grow as he as he watches the games from the press box or at home on his couch. He's the guy that you know usually wins Movember within the first five minutes, and even in the first round against the Habs two years ago, I think by game. Three, he had the beard of like a Balkan war criminal. So I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Phillips. I have seen a lot of people saying they're really looking forward to Curtis Lazar's playoff beard because if he's, there's anyone who can take five hair follicles and make magic, it's going to be Curtis Lazar. Here's here's the thing. I mean, Curtis Lazar's brand is going to be immeasurably enhanced by whatever he manages to grow, right? Because on the one hand, he'll be the 20 year old, you know, with the peach fuzz and the acne, and everybody will say, "Oh, isn't that adorable?" He's trying to grow a playoff beard. On the other hand. And Curtis Lazar never loses, right? <laughs> and in a way, I almost wonder if he's if one of the things that he has learned living with Chris Phillips is how to grow a great bushy beard in like five minutes. Like Phillips is helping him like rub dirt and pine tar on his face and, you know, stimulate his follicles. And he's going to show up like for game one looking like Mike Love from the Beach Boys, like in 1972. <laughs> Curtis Lazar is about to face his greatest challenge yet puberty <laughs> i'm looking forward to david legwand's playoff beard you know we make a lot of fun of what david legwand kind of looks like generally and and i mean to be <laughs> fair david legwand sort of looks like every guy i've ever been in line behind at the lcbo who just got <laughs> off shift and is buying like six different king cans but that guy david plus legwand that guy will... plus a beard is the guy that's not even allowed into the lcbo so that's I what love, i'm looking forward to i love david legwand he looks like his own police sketch <laughs> I think Clark MacArthur is going to grow a pretty big, uh, pretty good beard. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him actually play in a playoff series. Uh, uh, when Clark his team... MacArthur is one of the guys I'm happiest for. I know, on, right? On the team. Like, he's been long suffering. He's been putting time in Buffalo, Atlanta, Toronto. Even when he played in the playoffs with Toronto once, he was scratched twice. And this is finally his chance to play meaningful minutes in meaningful games. And if I was Clark MacArthur, I'd be 
uh, beside myself right now. I could also see Eric Condor having a big series. That guy shows up for the for the big games. If there is to be another five nothing line brawl, I want him on the ice. Condor's actually a pretty tough guy, and he will he will scrap and and I like his chances against pretty much anybody on the Habs. So right. if there is to be a second line brawl, who do you want out on the ice? Who are your five guys? Okay, so the D pairing has to be Borvieski and Griba. That's yep. a given. I don't care what the stats say. You need to keep Grab and Borvieski together just for line brawl purposes. That's just good hockey. That's smart hockey. For uh, the forwards, I, th- I think it's a toss-up between the McCulloch Leguan Chason line, because both McCulloch and, and Chason will, will scrap from time to time, and the Condra Peugeot Lazar line. And how much do you want to see Peugeot oh. and Lazar pounding on the Habs? Come on. Curtis Lazar in a fight. He'd be the smiling assassin. (laughs) If Curtis Lazar grows a beard, beats up a guy from Montreal, and leads the Senators over the Habs in round one, I'm going to say they're going to retire his number now. I'll buy a Lazar jersey. Right. They're going to they're going to put his banner up before they put Alfredson's up at the CTC. If he leads the uh, the senators over the Habs in round one, Daniel Alfredson's going to come down to give Mark Stone his Calder trophy and give his key to the city to Curtis Lazar. Yeah. It's like Stone gets the the Calder and Leonard gets the house and Lazar gets the key to the city. Like Alfredson's just in his like his potlatch phase at this point. That's great. Daniel Alfredson sends Oprah now. Just taking stuff away. (laughs) Daniel Alfredson. You know what? Daniel Alfredson is sends Oprah, right? Because he's convinced us all that we can live our best lives. He's generous to a fault. He's inspirational. He is going to have a very successful second career and probably become Ottawa's first hockey billionaire. I like that. He sends Oprah. Also, he's got his own magazine and TV channel. (laughs) Mark Stone is going to win the Calder, right? Yeah, I think the last three games of the season, I mean, and that sounds like a small sample size, but when you take into account the fact that, you know, the Ottawa Senators were coming off a horrifying shootout loss to the dreadful Toronto Maple Leafs and immediately went down 3 nothing at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mark Stone single-handedly turned that game around. So if I'm Mark Stone in my contract negotiation with the team this summer... Basically, I point to all the factors as to why I am the new Alfredson. He really is. He really is the new Alfredson. He's the late round pick that won the Calder and nobody expected him to be so good. And he just kept getting better and better and better. And he's going into his third playoffs, which is really bizarre that he could potentially win the Calder. And this is going to be his third playoffs. That's like he's in third year university and he's about to graduate high school. <laughs> what happened there? The, the guy I worry about a little bit is Mike Hoffman, who's tailed off a little bit. And I could see him getting put on the fourth line again at some point. Look, Mike Hoffman's just got to go in there, keep his game simple, focus on his teen wolf beard. He'll be fine. I mean, I think that's the good thing about Mark Stone's uh, resurgence is it's kind of taken the spotlight off of Mike Hoffman's struggles. He may be the leading goal scorer, but Mark Stone's now the rookie on this team that everyone expects great things from. And Mike Hoffman is going to have that, like, oldest guy in the boy band kind of beard, you know, like the dude in One Direction who's like 27 years old because he's like the old rookie and everybody's going to say, oh, you know, of the two rookies, Hoffman's got a much better beard than Stone does, but Hoffman's like three years older than Stone, so that's that's to be expected. So he's going to have a very well-groomed beard beard, whereas Stone and Zibanejad both are going to look like my first beard. Playoffs are magic. (laughs) Hey, I think because Zibanejad can grow a pretty good beard. Uh, Parts of it. It's a little patchy. I think what he lacks in thickness, he makes up for with length. 
<laughs> no, I, I heard it. I heard it too. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't I say anything. The one thing we haven't really talked about much is the Montreal Canadiens. Who? The team that the Ottawa Senators uh, are playing. I kind of feel bad for Habs fans sometimes because they just seem so joyless and sad. <laughs> when was the last time you looked at a situation and said, that looks like the Habs are having fun with that? <laughs> for well, the, like, this season, like, they've got the best goaltender in the league and all they're doing about it is complaining about how he doesn't get enough recognition and how Michelle Terrian should be fired because the rest of the team doesn't play well enough around him. You just won the division and... You can't even be happy about that. And for as much as the Habs like to play up their history, and <laughs> this may come as a surprise to you, but the Habs like to play up their history mm. and sort of say, oh, well, you know, you guys will always be losers because we've won 24 cups. It's like, yeah, but all of those happened before you and most of your fans were born. Like taking credit for that is really not much more than one step removed from the senators putting up banners for a team that they weren't even 100 years ago that beat the like Winnipeg rowing club. <laughs> In the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Like, those banners are kind of trash, but taking credit for something that happened in 1922 is really not that different. But as much as people like to play up that kind of history, like, it is a weight as well. Like, in a way, it's better for the Senators that the next Stanley Cup they win, if they ever do, will be their first, right? And in that respect, it will be the best. Whereas with the Habs, it's like, it's just going to be another trophy for the pile, and this team, even if they win, doesn't really stack up to the 1986 team or the 1950-something-or-other team. like They're always going to be comparing themselves to past Habs teams, and the Senators don't have to do that. And to the extent we do compare ourselves to past Senators teams, it's like, oh, well, at least we didn't lose that way, right? So, again, no expectations, no history, no pressure. Very excited for this series. Basically, what I'm hearing is that as a franchise, the Montreal Canadiens have definitely peaked, <laughs> whereas the Ottawa Senators still have their best years in front of them. I think, I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know what? When you put it like that, I can understand why Habs fans would be a little down on their team. Yep. The Habs are Jennifer Aniston and we're Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out a Montreal Canadian player that I can irrationally hate on for the series. And, you know, there's lots of options. Uh, there's Thomas, there's one option. I mean, Thomas Plakanitz wears no, a turtleneck. No, 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 no. You, and, you know who you know, it is. Max Pacioretty looks like no, Dr. Oz. No, it's not. <laughs> he does look like Dr. Oz. <laughs> Now you can never unsee it. Oh my god, I'm now picturing Max Pacioretty basically telling me how to cleanse free radicals from my colon using apple cider vinegar. But no, but, it's not Pacioretty, it's not Placanitz, it's not Price, it's certainly not P.K. Subban. And I know, mean, one of the things I'm not looking forward to about the playoffs is like P.K. Subban, you know, as much as we like to talk about how Eric Carlson's better, and he is, P.K. Subban's a legitimately exciting, fun player to watch. I do really enjoy P.K. Subban. I wish he was on my team. He's going to take a lot of crap this week because he's not Eric Carlson, but he's not the guy I hate on. Yeah, that's pretty much the nicest thing I can say about a non-Ottawa senator is I wish he was on my team. And I definitely definitely think that about P.K. Subban. I would love P.K. Subban if he was on my team. Exactly. Who's the player that you intend to irrationally hate for the next oh, two we weeks? Don't, we, okay, do you want to... it's not uh, even irrational as far as I'm concerned. Okay, do you want to... Uh, Let's say, know, it say, it, three. say it on three. Say it on Okay, so one, two, three, Brendan, Brendan Gallagher. Gallagher. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would love to see that Hab sends line brawl with Peugeot fighting Brendan Gallagher. That would be a lot of fun. It'd be like matter versus antimatter. There'd be nothing left. (laughs) The Senators, being the team with nothing to lose here, are going to do everything they can to get under Montreal's skin early. God, you'd Uh, hope so. And Montreal is a team that that seems to let people get under its skin. So I do expect that the Senators are going to go right to the Paul McLean playbook fairly early in the series. And I'm I know I've said this a thousand times already, but I'm really looking forward to it. Not only did we make the playoffs, we get to play the Habs. It's embarrassing how happy I am now. Yeah, it's kind of like, so you got to witness this amazing run over the last two months and see miracle after miracle from Andrew Hammond, you know, getting 42 out of a possible 46 points in games he started to Mark Stone basically emerging as your Calder favorite through a series of timely goals. You got to enjoy that for two months and finally let your disbelief give way to these ecstatic good feelings here in Ottawa on the first day of spring. And now you get to play the Habs, the team that you hate, that you beat in the playoffs, that has all the pressure on them. It's kind of like we just won a marathon and we're ecstatic and just we can't believe that we've achieved everything that we've achieved. And somebody just handed you a winning lottery ticket. That's basically what this first round matchup with the Habs is. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to look at the last two months and say the journey was its own reward only we also still get a reward and that reward is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there you have it folks once again the ottawa senators cap off a thrilling run with a playoff berth and we'll now have house money to play with against a montreal Canadiens team that has everything to lose we did it everybody take the week off tell them i told you that was okay get excited all right may uh daniel alfredson smile on us all and go sends go you get a calder you get a calder <laughs> everybody gets a calder look under your seat right now there's a calder <laughs> all calder. right go, go sends go <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Christy and Sellers were a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Town's local hockey team down with some microphones on. No other podcast was finer. What was more of a hit with the big rig diners? We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Paris are live. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll say this, though. I was uh, on the Ottawa Senators website earlier today, and they've selected the official playoff slogan for this year. Okay, what is Uh, it? Look, we all have fond memories of Believe It a few years ago, All In, All Red, another classic. But this year's playoff slogan of your Ottawa Senators, Young and Hungry. (laughs) Really? They went with Young and Hungry instead of, yeah, we can't believe it either? (laughs) Young and Hungry, my favorite obscure folk rock duo. Um... (laughs) The, you the go, she and to, him of the Atlantic Conference. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, can we get young and hungry towels for the bathroom, do you think? <laughs> Youngry. That is so terrible. Why can't this team come up with any slogans? <laughs> the worst part is that the more I thought about it, the more I was like, eh, it could be worse. <laughs> it's no fearless. 